We begin season two of the Behind the Mic podcast with today's episode. I want to make sure you follow us on Facebook, BTM Podcast Alex, and Twitter, BTM Podcast underscore Alex. Got a good lineup for season two. Happy to start it today. Next week, it's Mike Jansen of the Indianapolis Colts, so be sure to tune in for that one. My guest today is certainly probably going to be the youngest guest on the Behind the Mic podcast, a freshman at Macomb High School, Justice Keene. Justice, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good this morning, Alex. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm hanging in there, that's for sure, in these crazy times that we're in. And you actually, pretty close to it anyway, started around the same time I started. What has it been like? And I think an interesting dynamic is relatable to the players, because a lot of us announcers, we might be pretty significantly older than the age group we're working with, whether it be basketball, football, whatever, doesn't really matter what sport. Do you think it helps you at all from an announcer's perspective or maybe just from the vibe of the game being in that same age group as the student athletes you've been announcing for? Absolutely. You know, we, I make, we, uh, my family makes a joke all the time that I grew up, I grew up every year with 24 extra sisters knowing that I announced girls basketball and 24 brothers want to do boys basketball because, um, I've known each and every student athlete, you know, not only going to school with them, but, you know, seeing them with the extra, uh, extracurricular activities, but just growing up with all the players makes it uh, just so much easier um, because you know what, how they like to have their name introduced, you know, how to say their name, you know, <laughs> and then um, if they, you know, they can always come to me and then uh, if they have questions. So, I mean, it's just so easier um, growing up with the student athletes, um, and that does make it a lot easier. For those that aren't from the area and don't know, your dad is also the head girls basketball coach at Macomb High School, and obviously has coached elsewhere in the past. What has it been like um, as an announcer for your dad? Like, for example, have you ever had a situation where he gets teed up and you announce it? Like, do you almost not announce it because there's repercussions for it if you do? Or what, what? what's that situation like announcing for teams coached by your dad? I'd probably go ahead and announce a technical because I get a <laughs> nice laugh out of it. Yeah. Um, no, um, it's great. I, I love having him there. And it's just, it's a family affair. Um, you know, yeah, he, he's there. Um, my grandpa's and my mom have come to all the games. It's just, it's great to have them at the games and, you know, there's the one row there right in Washington Street gym right there in the front, and I always make the joke that that's our reserved seats for life right there. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's great having my dad there coaching. And, um, you know, my uncle, um, we don't get him very often, but he's an official. So I like, you know, I've always been one, waiting for the day when he called, when he teased my dad up. So it hasn't <laughs> happened yet, but, you know, cross my fingers for the future. That, that would be a sight to behold if it did happen. And another aspect of this early part of your announcing career, you get to announce in quite a historic gym like Washington Street Gym. What makes that gym so special? Obviously known as the hangar and things like that. But for those that aren't, haven't been there before in Macomb, it, it's, you could say, definitely one of the best gyms in West Central Illinois. You could put it up there with some of the best-looking gyms in the state, I think. Oh, no doubt. I mean, it's just – when you walk into the gym and you just look at it, it's just, it, it's, and I mean, I mean this in a, like a positive way. It's just got that old look and classic look to the gym. 
when you walk in and then like the where the announcer in the radio and the media table is that's the original scores table to the original part of the gym and it's just you I mean, it's a wooden table and it says welcome to the hangers and it's just it's just it's a great gym to announce in i i'm and i mean this again in a positive way i i very much prefer announcing there than the high school just because of the aroma and how just how classic of a gym it is and just like the floor even it's just it looks like a classic gym floor and it's a great gym to be in on game day you've recently started to also broadcast the some of the macomb sporting events on top of the announcing how has that been starting to balance the two worlds of public address announcing and play-by-play broadcasting yeah so um i'll kind of walk i'll kind of talk to people how i do that so for public address um i'll do all the junior high stuff i don't broadcast any of the junior high stuff unless it's like a big event um but otherwise i do junior high girls basketball and then um for high school um, we have a great guy and um I'm really good friends with him. His name is Jake Croxton. He is the main PA voice for the high school. And then, you know, if he's got, if he needs to be gone or I need to fill in for him, I typically do that. And, uh, and I'm more than happy to do that. Um, for broadcasting, I do all the high school, whether it be basketball, football. And then this year we were going to start doing softball and baseball, but um, unfortunately things happen and you know we, we had to live through the pandemic and we're still in it so um but yeah it's it's fun um jake is awesome and it's good to have him as a friend you know he he's done broadcasting before so you know if i ever have questions i can always go to him and he's always been a, he's been a great help in my announcing career another thing i think i've liked in my years in the industry is specifically with broadcasting is the traveling aspect of it what has this traveling aspect with the team been like for you? And especially going back to the idea of being a coach's son. Yeah. You know, I've, I've ridden on that school bus for uh, 11 years of my 14 year life. Um, since I was little, I used to ride on the bus and, you know, it's, you know, you're surrounded by all the coaches right there and all the players and you can, you know, it's great to be on the bus and you can um, talk to players. It makes it, a lot easier to go up to coaches, you know, right then and there, you know, you can't always do that, but you know, it's such a better aspect of being able to ride on the bus. And, um, and it also, um, saves, uh, my grandparents gasoline, (laughs) not having to drive me to the game. Yeah. Now, what does a typical week look like for you? Because you and I are, I think, think should be the only ones that we'll have on the podcast that are currently balancing academics with our announcing and broadcasting what sort of challenges do you think that presents especially now starting high school for the first time this fall um so a typical day looks like you know um i'm lucky enough to have a study hall uh basically twice a day so that's great um so i you know try to get all my homework done or at least three-fourths of it in the study hall and use the time very wisely. Um, I think our, our class periods in junior high were only about, uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it was only about 45 minutes. So you get 45 minutes to do study hall, and I use that very wisely. Um, game day, you know, I'll get home, uh, change clothes into, you know, something nice. And then uh, 
out the door basically because it's a five o'clock tip off. And, you know, if it's a girl's game, being a coach's son, that's how I get to the games. And um, so we leave, basically, you know, you get dressed and you leave for the game. And then um, once I get to the game, um, I'll, I'll fill out my scorebook, get all the lineups in and all that good stuff. And then um, I'll do my typical, I'll get a, go to the concession stands and get a Coke and a popcorn. And then that's, the warm-ups are kind of the most relaxing time because you just hit play on the music and you can just sit there and take a deep breath before um, the madness goes down. And then um, about five minutes before the game starts, I like to go check in with the cheerleading coach and then Mr. Horro, our athletic director, to see, yeah, uh, one, if the cheerleaders are going to do anything at halftime, and then two, if we need to make any special announcements. And then the game, and then I'll go home and finish whatever homework I need to um, whatever homework I have left and then do it all over the next day for a boys game. I like asking this question to a lot of the people we've had on, what would you say is your favorite part of getting to do what you do? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I love being around student athletes and I, it, it's fun being around my classmates too. And, um, you just, it, it, it's such a thrill because you go to the game and you go from seeing the, the, my classmates at school and one part of the day, and then you see them put their game faces on and uh, try to go win a game. And it's such a fun feeling going in. Um, I'll use the example of junior high girls basketball because those are my classmates. It's so fun when you walk in, you see them, they're warming up and they look like they're having a great time. And that's, that's what, that's what um, junior high and high school athletes uh, or athletics should be about going out having fun um winning games but just enjoying because you only get four you only get you know if you're going to do count seventh and eighth grade you only get um six years of being in athletics and part of it should be having fun and definitely i see that every day when i go to a game let's talk about the kind of elephant in the room for basically every announcer and broadcaster and that's the pandemic um what has this time been like I know you have the benefit of being the student and then you got the athlete coming up this fall with golf. How have you tried at least to get through such a time when I would assume normally you would have been pretty busy, especially with you said starting, hoping to have started baseball and softball broadcasts. Yeah. Um, I'll, I mean, I'll go back to February 28th. Um, February 28th, I was at Redburn arena for Lewiston and Eastland, the championship game. And, um, I, you know, I really wish I would have known what was coming in two weeks because, we, you know, we get home from that and um, we went on a short little trip after that. You know, the pandemic hadn't really gotten, you know, hadn't shut anything down yet. So we come back from vacation. OK, they're going to extend spring break two weeks. All right. We're going to go back in two weeks, two weeks later. Well, it's not looking good. So and then. So, you know, you miss out on baseball and softball, and that, that was really difficult. That's uh, because uh, the softball coach, Kelly Sears, was retiring, and um, I've been around him since my dad got hired here, and he's a really good friend of mine. And um, so I was uh, disappointed not to get to see his last lap around the softball diamond. And then, you know, for fall sports, you know, it's lower contact, but November is going to – big the question right now I think on everybody's mind with having basketball and all the higher contact sports the big question is are we even going to be able to have higher contact sports by November you know looking at the COVID right now we're spiking right 
in some states right now. So I think it's 50-50 whether or not we even get to have higher contact. And then, um, you know, two months later, you're going into football season in the tundra of uh, Macomb, Illinois, you know, and we're lucky enough to have turf. So, you know, yeah. the snow won't bother us. But, you know, yeah, I'd say it's 50-50 right now on – higher contact sports i think fall sports can go on and s smoothly and those will be fine because they're you know you got golf tennis and those are naturally social distance but um i don't know with november and uh february having football and basketball it's just gonna it's questionable still right now what do you think it will be like and let, let's just assume in a utopian society yes things have had the shift but what the most recent announcement with the IHSA shift of the calendar happens on schedule. What do you think it'll be like, for example, covering football in March or covering baseball and softball in late May, early June, which is usually the time of the state finals? Like, what do you think that'll be like? I'm sure it'll take some getting used to, maybe a good week or so of games. Well, I think I figured out, first of all, I'm going to need a – uh, heavy jacket and heater in the press box and then have to wear shorts and a t-shirt to softball games now. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I, I I think it's going to be interesting because you're going to see, because I think it kind of changes the mindset of some student athletes because football, it's always been a fall sport and it doesn't get cold until about the last two weeks. You know, you're playing in the uh, first week last year, I think it was, I think it was 85 before. I mean, even in the evening, it's hot in Illinois here. And so I think, you know, you, you look at March, we're still having blizzard, blizzards in March and um, snow. So I think, you know, that brings an element into it. And then softball, um, same thing there. You know, you're playing in hotter weather. You know, how is that going to affect players? You know, is it going to make them more tired um, into the game? Because normally you're playing cool, crisp um spring weather so i think that it can definitely affect student athletes um looking there but you know i really hope that you know a lot of people say that the spring sports got uh screwed again this year the way i look at it you know i i find it better playing spring sports in the summer than having to deal with the snow and the rain so Really, I think there's pros and cons to it, but I really hope that they're able to hold up the schedule so we have sports and we can continue to have sports. I mean, that's one of those things where no matter what they put out, there's going to be some kind of criticism from some person. You know, the old adage that you can't make everybody happy. And I, I think that's definitely a difficult situation to be in for sure. Um, one final question I do want to ask you. You've had the opportunity to make these connections with a lot of the local sports personalities in the area, whether it be in print, TV, broadcasting. How has that been? How important do you feel that has been to this uh, point of your career in terms of being able to make those connections and having those kind of resources moderately close to your home in Macomb? Yeah, um, I think it, I think it's great because you know I'm really I'm really close to basically everybody in Macomb, you know, I got uh, Scott Holland with the newspaper. Um, I've known him for a while and he's, he's such a great guy. And then, um, you know, you got even out of town, you know, you got the local radio stations, uh, uh, you know, at the Western holiday tournament, I love talking to guys like Jim Taylor and then, you know, who just retired, uh, Bob and, uh, Leon, uh, Bob Wagner and Leon Gruber. And those are two great guys right there. And, you know, knowing all the media people, I think it's going to be great for my future. 
um, because you know those are job references right there that could possibly help. You know, I'm no, just knowing them from such an early age here. Um, I definitely think they can help. That can help in the future. You know, getting a job in sports journalism or even or broadcasting. Um, and it's just there's so many great um, people in the area that can help you out with journalism. You know and broadcasting, you know, don't be afraid to ask. And I mean, that's one of my biggest tips to other people that are in broadcasting. Don't be afraid to ask somebody for help. Don't be afraid to ask somebody for questions. Or if you have questions, just go ahead and ask because you're gonna get an answer. I haven't met anybody in sports broadcasting or sports journalism that isn't gonna to wanna to help you or isn't gonna to wanna to, um, talk to you. So, you know, it's great to be able to know all the local media people and it's great to, um, be able to know them from such an early age. One more time before we let Justice go, Facebook, BTM Podcast, Alex, Twitter, it's BTM Podcast, underscore Alex. We tip off season two today. I want to thank Justice for the kind of screwed up schedule. We had some major storms uh, pass through both his area and my area yesterday. Um, so I appreciate him getting up early on a Tuesday to record this. And then season two, episode 12 will be Mike Jansen, the stadium voice of the Indianapolis Colts. And then after him will be Tom Calhoun with the St. Louis Blues. So the next couple of episodes, certainly look forward to there. And before we go, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor, whichever one of those three is your favorite, you can download to listen to all Behind the Mic episodes. And we say so long to Macomb High School freshman. I would imagine going to be the youngest guest we have on the Behind the Mic podcast, and for good reason. Justice Keen. Justice, thanks for being on the show. Go Bombers.